Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we look forward to the weekend's big derby clash with Rangers, which team will Brendan Rodgers opt for and what will the outcome of the game be? What will be the reaction of the Celtic squad, if any, to Graham Murphy's comments last weekend? We will also briefly reflect on the Scottish Cup win against Morton and look forward to the semi-final again with Rangers. So, to start off, gents, Celtic cruised eventually to a 3-0 victory over Morton. What did you make of the performance in the quarter-final? I think a lot of people realise that Celtic aren't playing with that zip and verve and fervour that they did last season. Uh, everybody can see that. But they got the job done. I think it was professional in the end, you know. Not a vintage Celtic performance, pedestrian, workmanlike at times, but uh, they impressed when Edward came on especially. You know, he made a big difference to the side, so be interesting to see what Brendan Rodgers does this weekend. Yeah, certainly Mr Dembele and Edward played well together um, in the closing stages of that game. So, Graham, uh, the next round of the Cup has paired them yeah. against Rangers, so that, that'll be one to look forward to, won't it? Yeah, three years in a row. So, I think the previous two with such meaning behind them, Celtic people so poor under Ronnie Dyla two years ago, and that obviously led to the arrival of Brendan Rodgers. Last year was such a statement performance. It was uh, Pedro Coutinho's first derby. Celtic just passed the ball, and I think that's a good example to the Morton game, where Celtic last season, it was a game where they had the ball, but they moved it with such intensity throughout, and I think that's the level we need to get back to. Uh, between the, the sides, obviously, that this weekend's game will tell us a lot about where both are, but the cup game, obviously Celtic going for a double treble, it's an absolutely massive game and I'm sure both sides of the divide will be eagerly anticipating that when it comes round in April. So all eyes obviously now turn to this weekend's game, Tony. Um, there's been a lot of talk from both camps ahead of it, as you would expect with these types of games. What do you think the likely mood in the Celtic camp is at the moment? I think the likely mood in the Celtic camp will be one of confidence and optimism. Three times they've been there under Brendan Rodgers and they've won three times. The dynamics changed slightly because Rangers have got better players in and they've strung together a consecutive run of results and, and they clearly fancy their chances. But I think there's a there's a big game mentality in Celtic. I think this is a game that they actually, the players actually need. They kind of jolt them. Uh, their senses a wee bit. They, they seem to always be up for the big games. And uh, as much as Rangers have improved, it's they'll have to, have to go some, I think, to beat Celtic. If Celtic turn up and play, of course. You were talking about the the big game mentality of Celtic there. I mean, we saw that as recently as um, a couple of weeks ago up at Pataudry, Graham. So Tony's got a point there in terms of coming out for these big matches. Yeah, I think that's been the hallmark of Brendan Rodgers since he's been at Celtic. Domestically, they've been 
almost faultless. Uh, the Hearts game you could argue before Christmas, but that result was coming. That was the end of the unbeaten run. Uh, they were running on fumes at that point. But these big games where a bit of note was almost like a weak build-up type games have been. It's just always been okay in the day when it's happened. I think as Tony alluded to there, it's it's a different Rangers team. This is probably the best Rangers team that Brendan Rodgers has faced during his time. But he's always had an answer. He's always had a remedy. I think tactically, even just going back to the Zenit game, the home leg in Europe, that was Brendan Rodgers at his absolute peak tactically getting the game spot on and winning the game in a style that suits his Celtic side. A lot of passing, a lot of movement and an ability to get the better of a, a, a good quality team. It'll be a different challenge this weekend. It'll be more the atmosphere, the pace, the frenetic tackles are flying in from start to finish. But I think there's plenty of reason for optimism for Celtic. I'll add the caveat as well that speaking of tactics, Murty's twice came up against Celtic, Roger Celtic, and twice he's got a draw. So he might feel that tactically he has the measure of Brendan Rodgers in that sense, which is maybe uh, a big reason as to why Rangers fancy their chances and there's a lot of, lot of noise coming from Magrus. But uh, to be fair to them, they, they, they do feel that this is a chance to apply some real pressure at the top. It's interesting, Tony, isn't it? Because Murty's been able to get these two results by a defensive kind of lineup, been very organ, very organised, regimented. But this is almost a sticker twist position for Murty, where does he go all guns blazing in the first five minutes? And that that's Celtic. You, you were able to see last season when Kate Senior's side were right right out for the start, and Celtic were able to pick them off. Do you think that would suit Celtic? I think. I, I think the bottom line is Rangers need to win this game. Is greater than Celtics, you know. They they want an, they want a, a Glasgow derby victory, you know, so they can, they can say that that gap has narrowed. You'll find out on Sunday how much the gap has narrowed. Points differential it has certainly narrowed, and Murty's done a fantastic job, and he he's got them yeah, playing well, and they're scoring goals, and they've gathered a lot of points. But this is a, the biggest test in all of the, the the good run that Rangers have been on. This is their biggest test so far. And you seen, you saw the way Celtic handled Pataudry. You know, Aberdeen more or less didn't really lay a glove on them. You know, and and and, and I, I go back to it. I, ju- I just think, as you said as well, but the, the Zenit game as well, the way Rogers can get Celtic to play in these big matches, certainly domestically, that that was the the one kind of what the one in Europe where he did step up to the plate, the home game against Zenit. But domestically, they they have been uh, they have been flawless and. There's not a not a lot in my mind to suggest that that will alter on Sunday. I mean, there is a six-point gap at the top of the table, so you're right, Tony, to say that the pressure is on Rangers to win, because if Celtic win this or even get a draw, they've still got a sizable advantage at the top of the league. And a game in hand as well. And a game in hand. So, I, I mean, Marty's reaction, again, coming from the Scottish Cup last week, was when the Rangers players... Heard the draw, they've got Celtic in the Scottish Cup, they cheered it. What, what do you I, make of that? I was at the Rangers Falkirk game on Sunday and he came in and he said that and my initial reaction was, oh, why would you why would you let everybody know that? In, in, in times like this, you keep your counsel. You don't want anybody using something that could possibly fire up an opponent. You know, And, and Rangers have wanted to play Celtic for a long time because, since January. Because they've had that, they've got their new players in, and and they're feeling better about themselves. They're in the best position that they have been for a long, long time, and they feel that Celtic are there for the taking. They could well be, but to come out with, I don't know, it's quite a statement to make, you know, after you've you've beaten Falkirk, you know, and 
that's with all due respect to Falkirk. You know, you you would you would have kept your cards close to your chest, kept your counsel, and just said the draw is what it is. We'll do battle again for a third year in a row, and and leave it at that. I don't think you. I, I don't think it was a wise move by Marty to say my players my players were cheering because you, can you imagine someone like Scott Brown? Do you just pin that to the wall then if you're Brendan Rodgers, Graham? I'd imagine you probably would. I just think I think Tony was spot on there by saying it is just about keeping your counsel and saying the right things. I think by the time, because this is in direct relation to a game that's further down the line, it's a nice little boost for this week, but I think come the Scottish Cup semi-final, that is the kind of stuff that's built in board material. Just gives players, might be a tough week, might be feeling the effects as the season's going on, and just gives you a little little boost on the day, I think. I don't think it can hurt Celtic, put it that way. And why would Rangers want to give Celtic any further motivation? And Roger's reaction to it was that they were just going to ignore the noise, the, the phrase you've used a couple of times already, Tony. Do you think that'll be the case for this weekend's game then, Graham? that they will just blank it out? Yes, and I think that's because of the experience of Celtic. Scott Brown's been doing this forever. It's a long. T- he's played in so many big games, big derby matches. Brendan Rodgers, with his wealth experience, his Everything he wants from his players is saying the right things, keep it all in house. What they've got a full week's training this week as well, so that's an extra advantage you would imagine for Celtic all season. It's been Saturday, Sunday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, the whole week. This has been a chance to get on the training ground, get back to basics probably, and I think that's where Rogers want to keep things obviously stay out the headlines and do the talking on the pitch on Sunday. There's also a Manchester United, Manchester City dynamic to this, isn't it? About noise enablers and stuff like that. Pair many ones from two, whatever you think, or whoever you think is making the most noise. But I think you've got to say it's the most. It, it's, it's looking like it's shaping up to be the most competitive derby in a long time, and both set supporters are getting excited about it. You know, not quite a level playing field, but it's it's kind of approaching it, isn't it? You know. Yeah, absolutely. And we've actually had Scott Sinclair come out as well and say. You know this Rangers atmosphere, which will no doubt be will be fantastic at Ibrooks uh, come the weekend. Um, Sinclair says it inspires them rather than intimidates them. So that's what you want from from all the Celtic players, really, isn't it? I go go back to that big game mentality and big game players. They they turn up on those occasions. They can. They, they, that's what separates them. They have the ability to blank out the noise and perform. And as I say, three times Celtic have gone to Ibrooks under Rodgers and they've won and they've won. Convincingly three times. So, can they do it a fourth time? We would have to say, if they turn up and play the way they have done on the three other other occasions, then yeah. And we've also had Charlie Mulgrew come out and say, obviously a, a former player now, that Celtic have battered and bullied Rangers and that's why the pressure's all on Rangers. Yeah, I think, I think for someone like Charlie who was playing just those kind of new Lennon Alan McCoy's, those were really highly contested games and there was real needle on both sides and I think he's just like any ex-player maybe you were in the late 90s early 2000s Rangers had a real advantage over Celtic before Martin O'Neill came in and that's the way I think what Charlie's saying is it's very similar to that there's Celtic just got a complete dominance over Rangers they haven't been able to win in 90 minutes in a very long time and I think that obviously can play a factor not every player who'll be playing for Rangers on Sunday has played in these games, but it's still a big factor. Celtic's players know what it means to win games. I think what Charlie Sainz, I think, is bang on the money. 
And moving on then to the likely tactics and team for Celtic the weekend, Graham, you've done a fantastic piece for Daily Record online this week. But Tony, we'll come to you. Have you heard anything in terms of injury updates from Celtic Park or Lennox Town this week? I believe Boyata's trying to get himself fit for the game. I think it'd be a stretch for Boyata regardless if he was fit. I've got a feeling that he'll go with a a back three of Ayer, Simeonovic and Comper. I think he gave Comper the run out last week to make sure his fitness was fine and that he could throw him in. What did you think of him, Tony? He wasn't really tested that much, you know, so it was very hard to judge him, but he looked comfortable enough, you know, and and I think that just getting game time ahead of a a crucial match like that was the most valuable uh, thing for him, you know. I mean, he spent most of the time uh, in possession as opposed to defending, so it's going to be very different. It was a nice one in the halfway line uh, where he was very quick in and got the ball Rob the ball away very quickly, and obviously this is very limited action, and you'd be probably just as well judging these footage for the Bundesliga, but for the type of game that's coming at the weekend. Uh, but I, I was quite impressed the way he kind of started to grow into the game as it as it uh, developed on Saturday. And it's bit, still a big ask to come in for this game, a really big ask. It'll be the tempo will be a completely different level. So we'll get to the defence in a moment, Graham. But your your first point you made in your article was about odds on Edward, who obviously impressed, albeit briefly, against Morton. And you were asking, should he start alongside Dembele, uh, possibly replacing Scott Sinclair in yeah. the starting eleven? What do you think of that? I think it's a real option. I think it's. I don't think it would be a bad decision either. I think Edward recently he's obviously made appearances to the bench, but. Even when he, even in doing that recently, his hold up play is fantastic. It's really get very good, and he's not got the same natural strength as the belly, but he's very good at turning and he's very direct. He, he likes to run at players, and a couple on top of my head, there was one against Zenit when he was in the inside left channel last couple of minutes. That's pretty much the position Scott Sinclair plays, and I think Tierney on the left and Sinclair, which once was a thriving relationship, with the lack of directness from Sinclair recently. And, turning back, I think the two of them are constantly in each other's way. I think it might give Celtic an extra wrinkle or dynamic down that side just to free up play. Or and of course the pay, playing more inside with Dembele. I think there's there's definitely an option. It's a big ask for a young player who's not started uh, masses of games, but Dembele and Edward dovetail really well and they, they work well telling I think they got off on well off the pitch so I think that could be an option. What do you think that, Tony? I tell you what he is. I think Edward's a clever, clever footballer. Some of his runs that he makes off the ball are, are terrific. And he, his hold-up play is good. And the, there's the, the raw ingredients there of the of the full package. You know, you can see why Brendan brought him over. And, I mean, he's still only 19. And he's still only 19. And he is shown and he's signed. But, and also, the, there's the communication thing with the two of them. Obviously, they speak the same language. You know, so I think that could work well. You know, I don't... I don't and also... I, I believe that Sinclair has kind of gone off the boil. He's become a bit predictable. People can know what he's trying to do, and uh, it was compared to last season. So I think that Edouard's an unknown quantity to Rangers, which I think Rogers and he likes Edouard a lot because he's always bigging him up and he's always praising him. And I think he he'll, he will unleash both Dembele and Edouard on Rangers on Sunday. I've got a feeling he will at, at the expense of Sinclair because I I just think Sinclair could maybe do with stepping out the team because it's not happening for him at the moment and it's not happened for him for quite some time for those that are watching Celtic I think, the, I think the one thing with Edward as well 
as much of the temptation to include him in the starting eleven at the weekend. Now there's as we've talked about Celtic very good record at Ibrox. If the game starts badly, Rangers scored an early goal or even a couple of early goals. Edward not for any fault of his own. The game could quickly drift away. It's almost he's he's got this great role as an impact sub and I think the more he plays the more it develops. I just it's a big call, I think there's a real case to be made. But then you go well Scott Sinclair at Ibrox, it's been a happy hunting ground. There's that, of course there's a temptation. There's got to be a feeling for Brendan Rodgers as well that oh, oh, Sinclair will he'll get back to his best soon. He's going to do it at some point. Maybe it'll be Sunday. Maybe this is a game and that'll be the the catalyst to go on and win a double treble. But I think, as Tony alludes to, like, there's, there's something about Edward. He, when, he, when he arrived at first, you think, oh, here we go. There's almost like the, the reputation has changed. Like, oh, he's big money. Oh, I'm not sure about him. But the more you watch him, there is just little touches and little movements that just make him, I think, could be a special player. Yeah, there's people seeing that he is actually a class act in the making and they are getting excited about him and they want to see more, not just the impact sub-element. I think a lot of Celtic supporters would like to see him start on Sunday because they could carry a bigger threat going forward. And as I said, but I agree totally that it's been a happy hunting ground for Sinclair and, you know, the sentiment play a part. Scott Sinclair's a Brendan Rodgers player, he loves it with bits, but it is a big call, but it's why Brendan Rodgers is earning the, the salary that he's, he's getting at Celtic, so it, I wouldn't want to be him on Sunday, let's put it that way. If you do go with Dembele and Eduardo, you had two out-and-out strikers up top, you maybe lose something defensively <laughs> midfield, that brings us on to Graham, what do you think the likely formation um, will be coming the weekend, there's been a lot of talk about whether it'll be a back three or a back two, and you, and you spoke about uh, this in quite a bit in your article. There's so many variables in, in play here. I think Tony was right, as he said earlier on, the idea that compared Ayer and Semenovic started together, that would make sense as a back three, Boyat is on his way back. What a back four does is it frees up Forrest on the right-hand side. It plays Tierney. Tierney's at his best as a left-back. I think he's a good left-wing back. But I think he's what made Tierney different from a lot of other Scottish young players is he's He's very, he's toughness in the tackle. He's very intense, and that works for him at left back. I think Celtic in a back four probably suits him slightly better. But Wistig is obviously suspended. Then you turn to maybe Jack Henry or Anthony Ralston, who's barely played in months. So there's definitely, I think the back three is the most likely with Forrest and Tierney. But Rangers' real strength is down the wings. So there's got to be a balance there, and I think that's when maybe someone like Cal McGregor could come in for Tom Rogic. And that firefights in the midfield. There's so much at play here. There's so many variables. But obviously, as Tony alluded to earlier, it's about Brendan Rodgers and the big decisions this week gets paid to do. I mean, our, our colleague Mark McDougall um, also wrote a, a Rangers tactics kind of preview for uh, for Record Sport Online. And he talked about if Celtic do play a back three with your Tierney and, and Forrest's wingbacks, Rangers star men this season arguably have been Taverney and Candias. And if you've you get two men... They work almost really similar to the way Tierney and Sinclair were last season. Perfect, that's what you want. A, a full-back and a winger, they're just, they're just in perfect harmony. They're in sync, they know what each other are doing. They're a massive threat for Celtic at the weekend, massive. And Tony, what about you? Would, would you be tempted then to go for the, the back three? or? I, I would, If I was Rodgers, I would go for the back three. I think that's quite a, a rigid and... Solid setup with Ayer, Semenovic and Compere and allowing Tierney to, to bomb on, as they say, you know. But 
Tierney is a, is, is a cracking defender, but part of his natural instinct is to go forward, and he's quite a threat when he goes forward. You know, when he the, the, one of the hardest balls in football is the cutback, someone running on, and Tierney can can get forward and, and deliver that. You know, but, uh, but conversely, but, he can be pinned back, and you maybe reduce his role to being ineffective if he's watch if he's doing a man marking job and on one of the two wide players like Tavernier or, or Candace, you know, so yeah, you have to balance up. Do you negate them as a forward player and just say, stay where you are, or do you let him, allow him to to run run around or have that kind of free roll up and down and just make his own judgment call when he's on the park? Would you rather that? And say it is about four, Graham. switching back to that, is it Jack Henry for you or is it Tony Ralston? It's a big decision. Like Jack Henry, to be fair, like the commandment game when he played just after signing. You can tell he's, he's he's very athletic for a Scottish player. Like you can, he's very loose in the ball. He looks he looks the part. But he's not played enough games. And Ralston as well. I think in a dream scenario, in Lustig's form has been iffy at best, would still be a back four. I think it gives Celtic more options in terms of shape. And that there's been games this season like Zen at home, Aberdeen the three 0 away last October, where you can almost play an inside left player that gives you a bit more on McGregor, Rogic, that kind of stuff. But I think at the back it will probably be the free looking at it, but I think Henry for me would be the most likely to get the nod over Wilson. It's just too big a risk, I think, for Rodgers to play young guys like that, you know, in a game of that magnitude. That's why I think you'll go with a rigid back three. I could be completely and utterly wrong, of course, but I just think he trusts those guys, and there's a lot of height there, isn't there? You know, there's a big physical presence too. You know, so bringing in Hendry and Ralston is not so much physical presence there, you know. I think just looking for there's almost the potential of these big units and guys like Windass, Morelos, Cummins, penalties, free kicks that they're just nicking the ball very oh. in and out passing. I think that's the risk we have in that. Oh, of course, like, yeah. Yeah, of course. And, 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 and he'll, he'll be able to, he'll know that and he'll see that, but I think needs must because I think Lustig's suspension has kind of forced his hand in that. Boyata being fit but not quite, you know, so and, and I just think it's it's too big a, a risk for the likes of Henry and Ralph to come in having not played enough. You did talk about potential surprises. Well, we were surprised a couple of weeks ago when Rogers started with um, McGregor and Abu Kwasi for the, the Zenit game. These were two players, Graham, that featured uh, heavily in your article. Which of them do you think will start, if either? Well, McGregor, I think, a real chance of starting. He's been a player, big game player. I touched upon the goals that he scored as well. Uh, twice against Rangers last season, Bayern Munich, Zenit, big performances. I think Rogic again. Rogic, I think, isn't playing at his best, far from it. But the way Celtic are almost kind of all bunching in together when they're playing the now is quite a slow way of playing. It happened up at Pataudry at times, first half, against Morton. Rogic doesn't get the space for that two or three yards to have a pop of goal. It might be different hybrids on Sunday, but I think McGregor in the midfield, alongside Cham and Brown, just gives you a bit more legs, a bit more on the tackle. I think Kuasi was just, it was a, a suggestion on the basis of, he's such a good game against Zenit, he's biggest quality by far, he's fantastic at taking the ball away. See, just without putting in a real fun tackle, just can nip the ball away for players. But then the 1-0 defeat at Rugby Park, he was very poor. Away in Zenit, it, he, was, he was just not at the races, and he can be an absolute liability in the tackle. He can. That's it. He gets. He gets booked, and the next thing he could easily one of these players that could get sent off inside one minute, get booked and then sent off, 
A game for cool heads, it's not a game for Kalashi Abui, let's put it that way. It's, it's said there that he could get uh, sent off within 60 seconds. It's, a, it's a just mistimed completely, you know, and he has that in his, in his locker, I think, Kalashi. There's was a temperament uh, call there, you and know. You so see the appeal, Tony Kipp, of, because of course, yeah. He's physical. Yeah, yeah. There's, these are the type of games that his skill set should be suited yeah. for. But I think the risk is... But I also think it's tailor-made for Callum McGregor. Just cracking going forward. Likes a goal. Cool head. And interestingly enough, Callum McGregor was a sub at Ibrox the last time. Came on, and one of the first things he did was set up Lee Griffiths for the, the second clinching goal. No quick pass, quick movement. Uh, spotted a pass. So, uh, and Brendan Rodgers seems to like Callum McGregor in these big games, and he's got a track record of scoring against Rangers as well. So, um, I think he'll certainly start. Rodgers, um, I'm still to be convinced about Rodgers. I keep hearing that this guy's a world beater and a superstar. Rodgers scores big important goals in big important games. Doesn't do much else for me. But surely uh, this is a, a big important game, so he's well correct. Yeah, season. exactly. But got the hook for McGregor. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and but people keep telling me that Rodrik is a fantastic footballer. I might be in the minority here, but I know what I'm watching and I know what I'm seeing. I'm not seeing a fantastic footballer at work. I'm seeing an average player who has the potential to be a lot better than he is, but he's getting away with it because. It's smoke and mirrors because he scores important goals in big games, you know. But uh, and I, I still think there's a fitness issue there. So that's a no from you to Rogic. Oh no, from, I, I I mean I would be a, a lot stronger. I've been a lot stronger sitting in the desk, but I'm trying to curb no, my no, enthusiasm here. Stronger. You know, what I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I just I, I just feel that he's got a lot more to contribute, or he should have, you know. But. I, I just feel that there's there's a better player in there that people keep telling me about, but I've not so far. I've yet to witness it. Graeme, you're, you're keeping Graeme. quiet in response to Tony's comments. I like, like Rogic, I really do. I think, but I think what Tony says this season, since it's just not been, and obviously there's been a lot of injuries, but there is always a lot of injuries with Rogic. That's been since even when he was making fleeting appearances under Neil Lennon. He would be on the sidelines for a couple of months. I think the fitness that he's not a natural athlete in the sense he's not really quick. He's he's a bit languid with the ball. But there is Rogic is the one player on the Celtic squad. Patrick Roberts as well, but Rogic and Roberts are the two who can literally do a piece, can produce a piece of magic out of nothing. Well, there was Celtic were struggling to an extent last week against Morton, and Rogic is the guy that puts the cross in and. On the belly's head, isn't he? Yeah, so. I, th- I think I think that was a nice a nice ball in at the time. I think that's but it was a game where Rogic was really going through the motions again. I think we need to get back to the player who was able to pivot from the, edge of the box and find shots. But that's my that's my concern. He's got it in his locker. He just doesn't produce it as often and as consistently as he should because he is a big imposing figure, or he should be. You know, as Graham says, he, he maybe lacks pace, but see if you've got ability. That's, you should be head and shoulders above anything else that you're, you're competing against, you know? And he, and he has ability, I'm no doubting that, but I just don't see it enough. I can foresee a Tom Rogic winner at the weekend here, the way this chat's going. I'll so. come back Monday and say <laughs> I got it wrong, of course I will, yeah, definitely. And getting to the, the overall tactic, what, what should Celtic's game plan be against a confident Rangers, Graham? Celtic 
at their very best are able to pass the ball quickly, keep it off the opposition and then break. And that, to me, on paper, if they don't concede early, Rangers having to push the game, they, they should be allowed possession at times. I think I don't think they'll be allowed, I think, because they've got better players, they'll, they'll take over in possession and they'll have the ability to break quickly. Edward, if he's included, would be a totally different option on the break. We've not seen a lot of that. He comes on to games and Celtic are dominating. I think Celtic would be racing out the box. I think they'll happily take five, ten minutes and take it from there. Um, we'll see what Rangers have on the day. Would you go along with that, Tony, that Celtic will not sit back to an extent, but, but will look to really prioritise the counter-attack? I mean, a lot's been made of the fact that this is a big test for Rangers. It's, it's a huge test for Celtic as well. You know, this is a, a team that fancy their chances. You know, in Glasgow parlance, they say fancy their barra. I don't know if you've heard of that voice, but hey. This is almost the time you mentioned the, <laughs> no. the, the snorkel. <laughs> Something like that, yeah, yeah. But Rangers do fancy their chances because they're playing with their confidence and a bit of a swagger, and, and why not? And and I think they might come and have a go at Celtic early to see if they can rattle them. But as Graham said, Celtic might just take that 10, 15, 20 to ease herself into the game and if they can withstand that then they'll, they'll, they'll just grow into it and Celtic's big 40 in these kind of games is possession they very rarely give the ball away they dominate it they can keep it they can make the opposition chase shadows and in, in that Rangers team there's a lot of guys who are maybe making their first appearance against Celtic and a lot of times in these kind of games it passes you by you know, and, and that's Rangers' big worry that the likes of Sean Goss, who's been performing really well, Jamie Murphy, if he plays, been performing really well, uh, Windass, guys like that, you know, I think he's played before right enough, but there's a there's a chance that that game might pass them by, you know, just because they're so wound up, they're so intense, and it is a great chance for them to apply a bit of pressure at the top of Celtic. And going back to it, Rangers need to win greater. And Celtic don't really need to force the issue and if Rangers do force the issue with Celtic's better players, they could get picked off. One of the interesting ones just Tony's saying there is, I think Scott Brown and Greg Doherty, I know we're obviously a record Celtic podcast, but Doherty's form the last couple of weeks of Rangers really impressive and I've not seen a Scottish player in a while who can just run past players, he's at real pace this is, there's been obviously talk of Scott Brown, Harry Cochran, all these kind of battles midfield and up against Malimbo I think this is a really interesting one at the weekend and Scott Brown's Place in Scottish footballs guaranteed he's been an excellent player for club and country, but this is a really good battle for him at the weekend. I think he'll get his teeth stuck into this one. As a young pretender to the throne, isn't it? You know, yeah. alongside the I likes of John McGinn. Like, yeah, I, I think Doherty is a fantastic footballer. He really impressed me when, whenever I, I watched him at Hamilton, and, and again, he's taken that man to one and he's gone to Ibrox and, and, and did really well, you know. But again, a big step up. Yeah. He's now playing against the guy who's been the heartbeat of that team for the best part of a decade. Can you raise your... These are the games when you need Greg Doherty, Rangers need Greg Doherty to step up to the plate. You know, get games like this. These are the games where you make your mark. Yeah, he's still a young guy, but he's shown that he's very much the all-action midfielder, a bit like Scott Brown as well. So, moving on, gents. Graham, you got your prediction for the, the Scottish Cup game last weekend, spot on. Thank so, you. that means you have the joy of going first in this week's prediction. What's it going to be? Well, after all, we've obviously talked extensively. I think Celtic will try and fill their way into the game. I think Rangers will score early. They might even score too early. But I think Celtic will be able to get a goal back. And 
that pass and domination will come into the game. I've got a feeling it's going to end two each on the weekend. Celtic will get a draw and that'll be enough to keep Rangers at bay and go and win the title. Tony? The smart money's on both teams to score. Let's put it that way for a start. Will you be putting your, your oh, smart I'll, money I'll, on I'll, that? I'll, I'll, I'll invest in that probably, yes. I feel on his money and all that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just feel that there's a, a mentality within that Celtic team that domestically they can cope with anything that's flung at them. This is Rangers' best chance in a long time to, to topple Celtic, and and I get that. And they are playing well. I'm not denying that they've they've, they've been in impressive form uh, leading up to this game. But I just think there's something about this Celtic team that when it comes to the crunch moments like this domestically, they've, they've always uh, raised their game. They've always stepped up to the plate. So I'm going to say... I think 3-1 to Celtic, possibly with Rangers scoring first. Interesting. So, Tony, one of the things we wanted to finish up uh, with this week, a discussion we had in the podcast between Graham, myself and Andrew Bard, who was in the podcast, this continuous link between Brendan Rodgers and Arsenal. What do you make of it all? I think, first and foremost, Brendan Rodgers will certainly be flattered by the Arsenal link. I, I mean, I believe... It seems like natural that he'll, he'll maybe want another crack at the English Premier League at some point in the future, whether it's in the near future or you know in a few years' time. Then that, that remains to be seen. But he always says that he's in his dream job. So what's the ambition in the dream job to achieve something that Jock Steen didn't, and that's to win ten titles in a row. If he could do that, then obviously he would he would be up there with the likes of. Steen and O'Neill as Celtic managerial greats, you know. But can Scottish football sustain his interest for another? What would that be? Three years, two years, been about years. It's, it would be seven in a row if they win this year's title, wouldn't it? So be it another three years. Has he got the drive, you know, to, to stay with Celtic and the ambition to stay with Celtic for that long? I think a big thing for Brendan was possibly to turn him into a force in Europe, and the European results have left a bit to be desired, you know. And, You'll maybe see that as a work in progress. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a rumour that's certainly not going away. I'm sure he'll be on Arsenal's shopping list, but how high he is on Arsenal's shopping list, because I don't know if Arsenal would wear the manager of Celtic replacing Wenger if Arsene Wenger is eventually sacked or booted out or whatever or resigned. Well, it's, it's looking all the more likely following Arsenal's recent results and performances and it, just a line from our sister um, podcast, The Transfer Window, um, the guys, Duncan uh, Duncan Castle's name, McGarry, seem to think there's a couple of board members uh, in Arsenal who want to go British with their next manager, which again could lend to Rodgers. Uh, come the end of the season, say Wenger goes, do you think Rodgers will move if I was to get you to give me an answer on it? If Arsenal asks a question... I think he would possibly move, you know, if he goes for an interview and is, a, is on a shopping list amongst X amount of candidates, I don't think he'll get it, because I think they'll certainly aim higher, but he certainly ticks the British box if that's what Arsenal want, you know, but th- th- there's other candidates out there, isn't there, there's supposedly talk of Diego Simeone and, you know, and Ancelotti, people like that, you know, so if it's a straight fight between those kind of guys, then I think Arsenal maybe see their ambitions is higher than, than Brendan Rodgers. But if he's asked a straight question, would he want a job at, he would probably take it, yeah. 
Okay, that's great. Thanks for your thoughts on that, Tony, and thanks both of you for joining us this week. Thanks to the listeners at home for tuning in again. We'll be back next midweek with reaction to the Celtic and Rangers clash. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.